Welcome to the Genius of Liberty, stories that celebrate the crucial but forgotten role Ohio played in the fight for women's right to vote. I'm Hillary Copsey, your host. Today's story from researcher Catherine Durack is The Slave Mother. Forecasting the legal wrangling that would rivet national attention on the trial of one runaway Margaret Garner, Adeline Swift denounced laws governing enslaved people and married women at the 6th National Women's Rights Convention in Cincinnati. On October 19, 1855, the second day of the convention, Mrs. Adeline T. Swift ascended the stage to address the audience at Smith and Nixon's Hall, just four blocks north of the Ohio River. Barely a month after Congress had passed the Fugitive Slave Act, Swift challenged notions that the rivers separated freedom from slavery as she bitterly compared the plight of married women in the North to enslaved women in the South. So long as the statute books are disgraced by one code of laws for white men and another for women and colored men, she explained, it was the duty of all friends of freedom to manifest their sympathy with the oppressed. Swift then offered a series of damning comparisons that highlighted the hypocrisy of anti-slavery men who struggled to free Southern slaves while they kept their own wives and daughters in bondage. Who are denied the right of trial by a jury of their peers, women and colored persons? Who are deprived of the right to control and use their own earnings, the slaves of the South and married women? Who can be and are deprived in numberless instances of the care and guardianship of their own children by the mere will of the father or master, be they ever so vile or wicked, the slave mothers of the South and the married women of the United States? Who, where they have been abused by their husbands or masters until forbearance has ceased to be a virtue and are driven by desperation to leave their homes, are advertised and posted as runaways, married women and slaves. Less than four months later, in January 1856, the Fugitive Slave Act and the flight of a mother from brutality fixed national attention on a Cincinnati courtroom and the case of Margaret Garner. Would the runaway be sent back across the river as property or tried in an Ohio courtroom as a slave who had escaped to freedom, then murdered her infant daughter to save the child from bondage? No rights had Margaret to her labors, her person, or her offspring. No jury of peers would weigh in on her case. Lucy Stone, a colleague of Adeline Swift in abolition and women's rights, met with Margaret and asked to address the court. The faded faces of Negro children tell too plainly to what degradation female slaves submit, said Stone, alluding to the sexual violence committed by masters. With my own teeth, I would tear open my veins and let the earth drink my blood rather than wear the chains of slavery. How then could I blame her for wishing her child to find freedom with God and the angels where no chains are? When Judge Humphrey Levitt ruled that the Fugitive Slave Act took precedence over Ohio courts, U.S. Marshal H.H. Robinson took custody of Margaret and her small family, returning them without delay to Kentucky. 
Transported from the jail to the riverbank, a solemn cortege followed them as they passed within one block from the auditorium where three months earlier, Adeline Swift had condemned the specific tragedies that befall women who are owned and ruled by men. African-American poet Frances Ellen Watkins Harper wrote of Margaret Garner's tragic deed. I will save my precious children from their darkly threatened doom. I will hew their path to freedom through the portals of the tomb. She concluded, oh, if there is any honor, truth, or justice in the land, will ye not, as men and Christians, on the side of freedom stand? Thank you for listening to The Genius of Liberty. This series is named after The Genius of Liberty, one of the first U.S. periodicals published by a woman. Elizabeth A. Aldrich covered women's rights conventions and advocated equal access to education, equal pay for equal work, and voting rights for women. She also had ties to the Mercantile Library. You can subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts and find all our episodes on soundcloud.com slash thegeniusofliberty. Our theme music is Battle Hymn of the Republic Medley by Marissa Anderson, originally recorded live on WFMU and used with permission. Catherine Dirac writes and voices all the Genius of Liberty stories, and Chris Messick records and produces the series, which comes to you from Cincinnati's Mercantile Library. Since 1835, you belong here.